0: Mr. Mr. Collins, here. Mr. Fritz, here. Dr. Hattier here. Mr. Layfield, Miss Moses, Mr. Peden, here. Mrs. Pryor, here. Dr. Statler, here. Mrs. Wright, here. We do have a quorum, so we can proceed. And now I'd entertain a motion to approve the agenda for tonight's meeting. So moved. Second. We have a motion and a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. No so, at this time, we will have before us tonight two gentlemen um, who have the workshop for us. One being our attorney, Mr. Jim McMacken and the other one being the DSBA president, uh, John Mirnucci. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for coming and giving us up your time.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'll go ahead and start it and for correction I'm not the president of I'm the executive director, the president is a board member from Brandywine School District, that's fine, no problem,
2: Gotcha. I'd like to call your attention to
1: one of the, the presentations that we distributed, uh, that I distributed board member roles and responsibilities, now the one that you have it should be either printed in front of you or on your, uh, you get it on your laptop also through board docs, I'm not going to go through all 30 some slides, uh, but I am going to go through a couple that are that are pretty important. Uh, the first one is that school districts are their own little governments. I want everyone to understand that. You have the authority to, uh, you're established by state code, you have the authority to establish and manage policy, you have the authority to set and levy and collect taxes, And you have the authority to establish debt and issue bonds on behalf of the district now that requires a referendum of course but the board has that authority so the school district is its own little governmental entity if you will there are certain fiduciary responsibilities or duties of board members and i want to talk about the corporate legal duties of board members when we talk about board member roles and responsibilities, you have the duty of care, you have the duty of loyalty, and you have the duty of obedience. The duty of care is very simple. It's a, it describes the level of competence that's expected from a board member. And what that is, the standard, the legal standard here, and again, I'm not a lawyer, he's standing right here, <laughs> but the... the legal standard is the care that an ordinarily prudent person would exercise if they were in a similar situation. So, if you as a board collectively and individually take action on something, you will be judged collectively and individually as a standard of care, the duty of care, whether or not that is your actions would be the actions of an ordinarily prudent person uh, in a similar circumstance. Next I want to talk about the duty of loyalty. Board member has to give their undivided allegiance when making decisions that affect the organization. You can never use information that you obtain or have access to as a board member For personal gain. And Jim is going to talk a little bit, Jim McMacken is going to talk a little bit about the PIC in a little bit, the Public Integrity Commission. And that's what the Public Integrity Commission is intended to do to to manage uh, complaints in that regard. When we talk about the duty of loyalty, the state of Delaware has established a law. $14 code, chapter 10, sub sub chapter 3, 1051B, it says no person shall be elected or serve as a school board member who holds a paid position which is subject to the rules and regulations of that board. So that means if you work as a teacher or a custodian or a staff member, Within, Wood, within Indian River or Woodbridge or Lake Forest, you cannot run and be elected as a school board member for that same district for which you work. Now, if you live in Cape Henlopen District and work in Indian River, you would then run for the board in Cape Henlopen, but you work in Indian River, that's fine. That,
3: that's fine. Question. Sure. Okay, years ago we had a board member who was uh, superintendent of a charter school in this district and she was basically competing for kids with us and it came down to what, was there a conflict or was there not? Now she chose to resign, did she have to?
1: Did that person receive a paycheck from the Indian River School District.
3: No.
4: I'm sure they would not have a problem. with that. I think the optics of that are terrible, right? I think the optics of that, uh, from an oath perspective, right? You know, I, I take an oath as a board member under 14, Chapter 10. I'm mean, going to serve right. this board. Yet I am working for and drawing a paycheck from an entity that is drawing a pool of students. From the population that you educate, the student athletes that you want competing for Indian River School District, I think that is the optics of that are definitely challenging.
3: Okay. Well, she ended up resigning, but I don't, we thought it was an ethics violation at the time. This is 10 years ago, plus or minus. Um, But like you said, the optics of it were very bad.
1: And, you know, in the court of public opinion, perception becomes reality mm-hmm. and if you have to start explaining you've already lost it, <laughs> in my opinion anyway
3: okay thank you for the interruption sorry no, about no that. problem
1: that, that's yeah. fine the third duty that a board member owes to the district the teachers the staff the students the community is a duty of obedience Now I have a problem when I talk to my wife About the word obedience. I mean, I bristle when I hear about the word obedience. (laughs) Okay, laugh. But the duty of obedience requires board members to be faithful to the mission of the organization. So that means that a board member cannot act in a way that is inconsistent with the central goals of the organization. What does that mean? Put that in real terms, Nooch. My nickname is Nooch. John Maranucci. So put that in in real terms. Real case. Not downstate but upstate. There was a district that was going out for a referendum. One of the board members disagreed that the district should be going out to a referendum and that board member used social media and anytime that board member who was with more than three people That board member explained about how terrible the district was and about how nobody should vote for the yes on this referendum. So, now, look, obedience does not mean if you disagree with something that the will of the majority of the board has agreed to, that you have to get behind it and be a cheerleader for it. But what it does mean is you cannot... you. You cannot act in a way that is inconsistent with the goals of the organization you cannot try to scuttle the objectives you have the right to freedom of speech but the duty of obedience speaks to the fact that you will not try to kill something or stop something that the will of your peer board members the majority of your board members have voted on and said yes you might have voted no with one other person or in a lone no vote. You don't have to get behind it, but you can't get in front of it, given this duty of obedience. I want to move forward a little bit in the this, in this slides that I gave because we want to move quickly. Um, I, talk, I talk a lot about hats. When I talk to board members, when I talk about roles and responsibilities, I talk about hats. You wear hats. You are a parent, a grandparent, you have a hat. You are a board member, you've got a hat on. You are a taxpayer, you've got a taxpayer hat. So, as a board member, and it might be even more appropriate to say you've got a board member tattooed on your forehead and disappearing, which will disappear in five years, I'm sorry, four years now, that will disappear. And then once you are reelected, it is renewed. But you can never cover up that hat or that tattoo. So when you walk into a school individually as a board member, people see you, or you walk in as a, to a football game or a basketball game, a, a field hockey game. The audience sees you, and they know because they either voted for you or against you. And they know who you are, you might not know who they are. So, be cautious with what you do and how you do it and understand that when you walk into a school or when you're in a game or when you go to talk to the coach about how much playing time your kid or your grandkid is getting or not getting, how are you talking to them? Are you talking to them as a parent? Most likely, yeah. What does the coach see? Or remember. Keep that in mind. With that, I want to talk a little bit about chain of command. How many people have ever worked for an organization and you've had more than one boss? Kind of bad, isn't it? Two or three people tell you to do something and they're all different things and you don't know what to do. As a board member walking into a school and suggesting how things should go, is usurping the authority of the person you hired to run the district. sitting right there. Dr. Owen. So, be careful with the chain of command if something comes to you from, this, from the community. Thank you for the call. I will certainly pass this up the chain, and I will get back to you once it's been reported to me what, what the result is.
4: Please. That's a very important point. And the nice thing about standing where we stand is we don't make policy. And you all do. Right. All I can do is recommend and advise. In every school district I represent, 17 of, of the districts, every one is run different. There are there are boards that, that meet two, sometimes three times a month. Okay. Very active. There are some that meet once a month, and they don't get a packet in advance. They just show up that once a month, and that's it. That's the extent of their involvement. So, is there a right way to govern? Is there a wrong way to govern? I don't judge. It's not my job to judge. It's not my job to tell you how to run your school district. But there are concerns with getting too involved. Okay? There are concerns with saying, do you know who I am? I am a boarder, Right? Shirley Safford, Christina's school board member, was driving down the road, saw a bus, she didn't like the way that bus was in Christina's well, I'm not talking out of school. This is all public record. Right. It was Didn't like the way the bus was operating. Jacked her car in front of that bus, pulled it over, <laughs> stopped her car right in front of it with kids on bus, Got out of the car, started banging on the window. Of course, this is on video, right? This is the video age, folks. It's on the bus camera, it's on the cell phone, it's recorded from multiple angles. and Said, "Do you know who I am? I'm a school board member." And then proceeded to berate the bus driver, called the bus driver racial names, and do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I'm a bus driver. You shouldn't be driving like this. Well, thank God this person did this on a Wednesday afternoon, and there was no school board meeting that Wednesday afternoon, because they meet on Tuesdays, right? And under Title 14, Chapter 10, no school board member has individual authority Mm -hmm. unless In our case six or more board members act in favor of an action, right? Unless more than a quorum of the board, a quorum or more of the board acts. So we can only act with a quorum of the board. There's no individual authority. We got to watch out for that. Other instances along the lines of, and I don't want to hijack your train of thought, but sometimes what you know can be imputed to you and imputed to the board, and you want to be careful what you watch out for, especially in this age of social media. You're thinking about hiring someone, okay, for you name the position, let's just say it's a principal position, and you're inclined to to look this person up on your own. Instead of letting the process that uh, Jay's team has in place play out, and you want to just look this person up, and this person has a common name, John Smith. Okay, and you don't really find much. But you look up Jim Mcmaken. All right, and there's three of us in the United States. There's, there's me. There's me, my dad. Sorry, there's me. There's my dad, who's a a, a a Vietnam vet. His Facebook page is covered with Vietnam vet stuff. And there's the University of Hawaii assistant football coach. No relation, right? What if it was covered with all sorts of politics stuff, or all sorts of health information, or all sorts of this cause, or that cause, or this civil right, or this anti-civil right? Now you just found out a whole bunch of information about your candidate that you would rather not know. So sometimes just letting the process play out is really in your best interest. Well, I just hijacked your, your no, chain of thought. No, Sorry fine. about that. That's
1: what we're here for together, uh, to tag team this. And it, it, it's important also when we're talking uh, about what you know, what you do, how involved you become in the day-to-day operations. There are some districts where the board wants to be engaged in the actual hiring of someone other than the superintendent or the assistant superintendent. They actually want to get into the hiring of some of the teachers and you know some of the other administrative uh, personnel we have to be careful with that um, or the disciplinary action of you have to be somewhat cautious about how deeply the board collectively becomes or individually you individually as a board member become involved in some of those disciplinary actions because you are the right of appeal this body Is the first right of appeal for a disciplinary action or, you know, up to and including dismissal. So there is a need to have a bit of an arm's length relationship between the board and the administration, but that relationship
4: is through Jay, the superintendent. So all those complaints about students and about staff you know again a, as you see fit handle them but whenever you get those complaints you're at the royal farms you're at the wawa you know you're, you're where you are and you get somebody that approaches you because they know they voted for you right you're, you're known public figures they come up to you and they say you, you know i got an issue with my student's teacher or or an issue with a kid bullying my student what can you do for me what's human nature i want to help you i want to help i want to help that's human nature right but our advice, which is, is hard to take, is to say, I'll pass this along, or please contact Dr. Owens, because if you get too involved in the situation, it ends up on the student level in an expulsion, not that those happen very often anymore, right? Or it ends up in a termination case. Now, you know information, you might not be impartial, you might have to recuse yourself down there.
1: So our, our time is limited and we want to respect your time. There's two more things I want to talk about and then we're going to continue to tag team a little bit, but Jim will take over. The first thing I want to show you is, you should have a pamphlet in front of you. It is the School Board Member Code of Ethics. Folks, this has no authority in Delaware law. There is no authority in the school board association. In other words, if your board fails to follow these, we will not kick you out. All right? But this is an expectation for behavior and the code of ethics for school board members. And there's nothing in here that's controversial. You can read it when you get time. There's nothing crazy in it. It's, you know.
5: That
1: It's just basically all about equity and attitude, trustworthiness in your stewardship, honor in your conduct, integrity of character, commitment to service, and being student-centered. Uh, and there's bullet points underneath all those, but take a look at that. It should, and I believe it does, sum up how every school board member I've ever met and talked to at any great length feels about their role. So so bear that in mind. The other thing I want to talk about is you know, previous lives. I used to be a tax auditor years ago. A lot of folks don't know that about me. I I used to hold certifications as a certified internal auditor and a certified fraud examiner. Not anymore. I let those certifications lapse. But as a certified fraud examiner and a certified internal auditor, there's something that we examine that we considered, and that was the tone at the top. And I'm not saying there's any fraudulent anywhere, that's not what I'm saying, but what I am saying is, you can tell a lot about an organization by the tone at the top. You are the very top of the pyramid of the district. Of course, we should turn it upside down, the kids should be on the top, right? The kids and the community. But you are responsible for the guidance and the governance of the district through Dr. Owens. How you go about your duties, collectively and individually, your official duties, dictates how all the administrators are going to go about their duties, which dictates then how the teachers are going to go about their duties, which then dictates how the kids are going to behave, how the bus drivers and the custodians and and the food service workers are going to behave, how the contractors that are on site may behave, it filters down. If, if it is very respectful and, and very congenial with respectful dissension, that's going to filter down. And you will be teaching kids how to disagree respectfully
4: and appropriately.
1: Yep.
4: Um, John did a great job covering roles and responsibilities. I, and I reserve the
1: right to jump in. <laughs> absolutely, please do.
4: Um, I, you know, I get involved involved in a lot of these, and, and this is a well-run board. Okay, I'm not getting calls, and I can say this on the open mic, and we're being recorded. I get calls from a lot of superintendents, and I can't name names. Obviously, they're driving me nuts. They're here every day they want me to do this, convince me how to get them to stop doing this. How do I get them to, to back off of this idea? I don't get those calls from Dr. Elwes, okay, or from, or from Karen at all. So I'm not going to go through all my list of trying to get ideas out of your head of things that you're doing, which is nice. But let me just put your mind at ease about a couple things that we've covered. And by the way, by all means, jump in if you have questions. Just remember, we're on the mic, and this is being recorded. And we're being cons- uh, recorded consistent with FOIA, right? You're doing this correctly. Uh, we can't, consistent with FOIA, have an attorney-client privileged training session. But if you have questions, you know, you pick up the phone, you, you let Dr. Owens know, we'll get you the answer. Um, We talked before about the duties of care, loyalty, and obedience. I think of those things differently as as board counts, right? I think of those as concepts that are constructs of Delaware law, clearly, right? And John and I were talking before we started. Those definitely apply in Delaware, but they apply more so And and John and I talked about this and and, and he agrees, they apply in the nonprofit context, and and this is very akin to nonprofit. But they apply the, the duty of care applies, but you are governed you know, you are not going to be sued individually for for mistakes that are made with regard to care, right? If it's an act of negligence or a mistake the board is being sued none of you individually I don't want you losing sleep tonight okay I don't want anybody going home and wondering do I need to call and increase my homeowners insurance okay I don't want you losing sleep over that if it's an act of intent right we're intentionally discriminating against somebody let's you know commit some sort of of bad act then you need to worry you never would do something like that And again, you're not held to a simple negligence standard in Delaware. You're held due to the State Tort Claims Act in Title Title 10, Chapter 41, to a gross negligence or recklessness standard. So so be not concerned uh, greatly there, Okay, I just want to put your mind at ease about that. With regard to the duty of loyalty, when we get to pick after after FOIA, we'll talk about that. There is a, a duty of loyalty in Delaware. The, when we talk about PIC, we're talking about the Public Integrity Commission that has changed dramatically in the last five years in Delaware. PIC has become weaponized, particularly and only in Sussex County. I can't explain it. It's only in Sussex County it's become weaponized, nowhere else. People on the same board are using it as a tool to target each other nowhere else. And then with regard to the duty of obedience with t- tremendous respect for my friend, I disagree that it applies. We have a, a, a oath in Delaware, there is no duty of obedience to the, to the board.
1: I can go back to my wife and tell her Jim McMackin
4: told me I do not have to obey. <laughs> So, so in the case at issue, there were First Amendment issues at play, um, and, and there was a censure vote uh, contemplated and, and discussed uh, with regard to the to the um, strike board member. But you know, board members can't be removed, so there there can't quote absent conviction and, and action by the governor. Um, so, so any sort of censure act doesn't really have tremendous teeth. Uh, it is what it is. So whenever there is a lack of obedience, there's no there's no teeth in in subsequent action.
1: Unfortunately, I am aware of one case where pick was weaponized in a northern district, uh, lower Newcastle County. That's It, it is primarily.
4: Any questions about your roles and responsibilities as board members before we move to FOIA? Do you want to kick that one off, or want me to? Why don't you go ahead? All right. So there's two parts of FOIA. There's documents, and then there's your meetings, right? So what do you need to know as board members? Anything that you write down on an account. That is used for Indian River School District business is subject to FOIA. So it used to be that if you were using your at irsd.k12.de.us account and that was the only way that you were communicating with each other or with the district um, that would be subject to a FOIA request. Subsequently, the Department of Justice got smart and realized that some of you all are texting each other and they will ask you under oath for an affidavit, do you regularly conduct business using any device besides an irsd.k12 email address? And I'm sure you're all honest people and if you do, they're, they're gonna Ask you for any documents that you have, including text messages or Gmail, Yahoo, or, or other email accounts for your communications about certain topics. So,
1: they've covered the two phone
5: trick.
4: Yes. So, like my mom told me and your mom told you, never write anything down or say anything that you don't want on the cover of the newspaper. So, just be very careful what you say. Um, And of course we're being recorded tonight, so we're always being very careful what we say in all on all forms and all medias. But but things that aren't that are just spoken are not subject to FOIA, of course. Now we must be mindful that uh, you are public officials. You are presumed to act in good faith. And that's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's for your benefit and it also holds you to a higher standard. So We are sure you always act in good faith. I won't bore you with all of the details. For example, there are pages of FOIA documents in in the statute with regard to how many days does Jay's team have to respond to a FOIA request and how much can he charge for copying and what size are the pages. Board members don't need to know all that information. What I'm gonna tell you is just be very careful what you write down. You are not shielded by using your gmails, you're not shielded by texting, okay?
1: Emails to Jay. This is a real problem. I don't know why we haven't fixed this. Help me understand what what you were thinking. Not good. Every email you send to each other and to within the the, the district system, there's a thing called e-discovery. That is the thing. Every email that comes into the, the, the district's servers is captured and stored separately. And a FOIA request comes to y'all but it also goes to the DTI, the Office of, of uh, Technology. And they're going to get everything that you might have erased, deleted, what have you going to be discovered it's forever yeah it's, it's there. Forever. so just keep in mind the things that you say type the email save it come back to it the next day and if you still feel that way go through it and read it you know clean it up a little bit then send it but don't send it in the heat
4: the moment let's say um, uh, mrs. Wright has it She's the, she's the board president no. <laughs> I I said tonight. <laughs> um let's say she has a question and she's very afraid of what the answer might be. And she wants to ask Jay okay, what or uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Owens what the answer. Or she wants to ask Dr. Owens the question. So because she's very fearful of what the answer might be, she copies me just to protect it under the attorney of privilege. CC Jim McMahon. Does that work? No. Okay. Only if she's seeking legal advice from me is that going to protect her. Jay and I have a very defensible system. If you guys need legal advice, he's going to pick up the phone. We'll get you legal advice. It will never be discovered. Don't worry about that. There are exceptions to FOIA with regard to legal advice. It's always going to be sacrosanct. Don't worry about that. Okay. With regard to legal advice and a couple other things. Which we'll talk about but with regard so so the document side is covered with regard to the meetings this is where we have to be very careful and, and the number one mistake that school boards make is regarding advisory groups and committees now your CBOC for example CBOC has to be created by you it has to comply with. You. let's say you're thinking about um, uniforms right should we have a a mandatory dress code or uniform next year and you all say okay let's have uh, we don't want to have six or more of us on the committee so this side of the room five of us are going to be on it with dr owens uh karen blanard and three parents and four teachers and a partridge in a pear tree and we're going to meet twice a week And we're going to report back at the next meeting and we're going to give you our findings. And you know, we're either going to recommend a dress code or we're not. Okay. And that uh, committee is approved by the board. Does that committee have to comply with FOIA? Yes. Literally, every time, every time that committee meets Dr. Ellen's office, sorry, I keep stepping away from the microphone, they have to. Give seven days notice, keep minutes, post an agenda, et cetera, cetera, record it, et cetera, et cetera. What's the easy workaround? Hey, Dr. Owens, we're thinking about uh, maybe doing a dress code next year. Why don't you put a little working group together and report back at the December board meeting? Hey, Dr. Owens, we're thinking about changing the mascot to uh, infringe on somebody's copyright. Why don't you report back at the December meeting? Hey, Dr. Owens, we're thinking about whatever we're thinking about. We're thinking, you know, why don't you put together a group? Report back at the January meeting. That's how you create an advisory group without violating FOIA. Because otherwise, all these groups need to post agendas, advertise the whole nine yards, or we're violating FOIA. And for some reason, Especially in Newcastle County, there are people that really care about this.
1: If the group is created by this board, it is subject to FOIA. If it is not created by the board, then, provided there's not a quorum of the board members on the committee, then it's just a bunch of guys talking, great bunch of folks talking. If a quorum of the board is at that committee meeting, stop it right there. You are in fact a public business with form of board.
2: so if I could ask one question we've had before and I think Jim you've answered this but we do have um, board committees finance committee policy committee etc um, sometimes we have more than six board members there as long as we are not taking action they can be there correct absolutely not I'm sorry Jay.
4: So the litmus test is whether they're taking action on public business or they're discussing public business, okay? Taking action on or discussing, they need to comply with FOIA if you've got six or more people there. So, so let's not get too uptight about this, right? There are people that get so uptight about FOIA because they hear about all these FOIA violations they don't want to they don't want to commit a violation so if they're sitting at an Indian River football game and there's five of them together and Dr. Hattier comes over and sits next to them somebody will get up and walk away because oh we can't be together sure you can just don't
1: talk about public business
4: you can talk about the football game you could talk about the weather team looks strong this year the offensive line looks great kids look great everybody's having fun you know everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. You can you can be together, the whole 10 of you can be together. The Absolutely. line is
1: crossed when you say we need to increase the budget for this team, I think, yes. because those uniforms are looking a little scruffy. Line was just crossed. Yeah, team was good. How, how, how's the wife? How's the husband? How's the significant other? How the kids? Whatever, all fine. I think we're going to have to talk about increasing the budget for this team. You just crossed the
4: line. And and what else crosses the line is you know, let's say there's three, four, five of you, okay? And three or four or five of you get together and you talk about business. Okay, let's talk about finance, let's talk about that right now, let's talk about infrastructure, talk about, about pure school business, curriculum, staffing, pure school business, right? Legitimate school business. Three, four, five. And you get together and you have a regular group. Well, Doctor Hattier, you might be in my bedroom. I've known you for a long time. Go for it. it. Doctor Hattier steps out of that group. Doctor Stabbers is your next bedroom. Do you mind being my next bedroom? Sort Doctor Hattier joins the group next week. And the other three say, okay. Doctor Stabbers. So we know Doctor Hattier is on the board with our proposal to increase this funding, and change this curriculum, fire his principal, whatever we're talking about. Um, so we know we got here. Mr. Reddit. So now we know where uh, Dr. Hatier and, and Dr. Statler stay up, uh, stand on this. Now we're going to do the hard sell on you next. So we just go down the road. It's a serial meeting and straw polling all at once, okay? What we're doing is we're playing FOIA shell game. Absolutely illegal. All right, we can't break it up in order to break it up. That's FOIA 101,
1: basically, yeah. is what that is. Yeah. That, Almost the of, crime that's one of the first things they, they really start looking for. Building consensus in a a,
4: a serial meeting like that. You know, you, you leave and no one comes in, then you leave and another one comes in. Next big issue that, that you all have as board meetings with regard to FOIA is is the meetings themselves. And and this is really an issue. For Jay and the president, um, but but this is something you all need to be aware of also from a timing perspective. All right? There are only three kinds of meetings under FOI. There are regular meetings, there are special meetings, and there are emergency meetings. There are no others. Okay. A regular meeting is one that occurs on seven or more days. We call it a regular meeting when you have your you know, first Monday of the month. The regular board meetings on the calendar that you guys have to roll out by statute. But it's actually in code anything that occurs on seven or more days. Then you have your special, which occurs on less than seven days. And then you have your emergency that occurs on less than 24 hours. So the tricky one there is the regular. Regular really means seven days or more, not on the calendar every month. So, first point is the your regular one. Anytime more than seven days out, you can do whatever, you want. anything you want, except change the calendar. You have got to give thirty days' notice. Special, your special meeting, you got to give at least twenty-four hours' notice, and you got to give an explanation as to this is something that arose suddenly couldn't be deferred. You have to explain the reason why you, you couldn't post seven days. Now, where do people get hammered on this? And people get hammered on this all the time. They get hammered because of the process, not because of the substance. They get hammered because they don't put a little asterisk next to the date and say, this was posted on less than seven days' notice because. They don't put the cause. Now, remember what I told you all before. Public officials, you are presumed to act in good faith, right? Presumed to act in good faith. So, the Department of Justice very rarely, except in our case from earlier this year, very rarely second guesses the why. They normally hammer districts on the procedure you're going to say this was posted on less than seven days notice it arose suddenly and couldn't be deferred because you just got to have a reason, usually. Unless they don't like us for some reason. And then the emergencies. These occur on less than 24 hours. Very rare. I've seen a bunch of them. I don't know how many were actually down. I Maybe mean, March of 2020, when the pandemic first wrapped up, things were really, the sky was really falling, those are pretty bad. I think it was a couple that occurred then and was the was we 24 that I think were done.
1: District operational type things, you have a student who did suicide. That's going to prompt an emergency meeting of the board by the way. Uh, A bus accident where there's injuries. Emergency meeting of the board. Uh, after 9-11, uh, there were some emergency meetings of the board
4: too, to make sure that Understood some of the emergency plans or any crisis um, plans coming But
1: those are the types of
4: things that make an emergency meeting. When so we had those two issues in 2008, those were legitimate. Legitimate or not, emergency But those were legitimate. I don't want to look at it like this, but you guys, you guys know. But oh, the roof collapsed.
1: In another district somewhere else. Yeah. That is an emergency. William Henry getting hit by the tornado. Tornado.
4: Emergency meeting. Perfect. 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 Um so so what do you do with board movement? About planning? This is really, really more for for, for us in the administration, but you need to be aware that also from a timing perspective, more so for the weather, right? This is more of a January through March issue. Oh, that's when you're going to have snowstorms and such, typically, you're going to have bad budget to around. But you're going to be watching for things that you have to do. contract, and you need to do the next you're going to have to get on right? For example, you've got to renew or mention the contract, when so the contract done by December 30th, not December 31st, December third, right? And you've got a board meeting on like, December 23rd, in the end, it's between Christmas and the so it's a little bit of planning, you know, you, you, you need to not renew your first, second, and third year teachers uh, by May 15th, and we get a more Easter for the next couple so, you, you know, you need to give seven days notice so you get, get, get a more Easter, what's going to happen, and you have, you know, you want to do that board meeting on the 13th to get those letters out. Power comes down, Now you're trying to do a fourteen, years. unless you know, in order to get the the, the letters out and deliver by the fourteen. So you've got to plan these things, and that's why sometimes J.I. will be telling you, know, look, it's it's tomorrow or never under the oil. So that's an explanation as to why sometimes these bedrooms are as tight as they are, can't deal with the amount of the business that we would like. The agendas are designed delivered with the notice but they don't have the notice of meeting. is what has to be done. It's not the actual agenda. So we've got some uh, dichotomies between the statute and the Department of Justice rulings. We've got some inconsistencies. The statute specifically says that you can amend the agenda even at the board meeting. Again, we've got two decisions coming out of the substance in from 2019 that say that you can't amend the agenda. I'm not sure how you can reconcile those two opinions with the statute and of course, there is you no know, idea. So be very careful with regard to the agenda. If you have an issue that you want to raise, by all means, send it to the president and to Dr. Owens in advance. If you on the agenda. We are not on the board to avoid hostility among the board members with regard to what goes on the agenda, like we have going on in the restrictions right now. Um, so, once we also have the agenda, change the yards, go to be on But try to get um, as much as so we can we can move the time. Uh, the statute says six hours. Uh, we try to put them on in advance so we can come in and draw them on the Department of Justice as they, as they to give us something. Um, but according to the statute, that's pretty clear. is that you can um, add recent to agenda that come off after what we and we all know how that you know, recently uh, turned out despite the step.
1: And there and there needs to be an explanation for the reason for the agenda the mission for change. If there is a change to the agenda that was posted with the the notice and a legal six hour prior to Uh, agenda change there does need to be a a brief, very brief explanation that just came to fight for we're
6: pulling this because we don't have the data So so if given the recent situation, the code certainly says the regulations are says one thing. Who's wrong? Who is wrong in the decision? Not us.
4: <laughs>
6: yeah. The code doesn't lie, but the opinions. Opinions are opinions. Okay. I wish, I wish I had a
3: right the yeah. Understood. <laughs> Understood. Right. Mr. Fritz asked a really good question. So, if we had done what we did and said, "Here's why we did it," and published that, would that have sufficed?
6: depending on a person's
3: opinion. Oh, we know that. (laughs) Okay, but in the mean... (laughs) Okay, well, just you're cynical as I am. Gotcha. But we would have been happy to re-vote.
4: one is coming in statute that you have to attend to the notice of all the documents that you're going to discuss But well, let's just play that out for a second. Because at the time after the post, you didn't have to look at the judgment on the next You had to put it on the front door to the school board the So can you imagine how busy that front door might have been? If you put all those documents up on the front door Anyway, so you only have to put up the agenda, no supporting documents. Um, You've got to watch out for your executive sessions. I have been known to walk out of many executive sessions because I can't be there while so there's a FOIA violation going on. It looks a little wrong. Um, so I just walk out. I get to the board a little warning to say, I make And I eventually say, look, I'm going to be outside. When you guys start talking about something that we're about to here talking about, go okay. get Right, because we, we, we're presumed to have to do So if we're going to be in executive session, let's talk about executive session. Right? We can only go in there for the appropriate reasons that you all know. But so just to uh, put a little bit of a finer point on, what are you guys going in there for? A whole list under FOIA. You're not going in there for criminal investigations. You're, You're going in there to talk about collective bargaining. That it, like kind of Personnel, that's a big one. right? If you're going in there, I'm going to talk to her on this If you're going in there for how should we rate the superintendent's performance? No. Do we need a third assistant principal at XYZ
5: school?
4: No. How is the assistant principal? How is Dr. Collins performing? So the difference is, how is this person performing? You can talk about any of that. How will we rate this person's performance? You can't talk about
1: that. In the the information that I provide you, it's been basically just said disciplinary issues, in parentheses, student or employee. You can talk about student disciplinary issues they're at the board level. Talk about employees an issues the if they're unemployed. There's other things that you can talk about in the executive session, and those are things such as uh, emergency or crisis plans. Um, you don't want those to be discussed in the public session. Uh, certain design aspects of buildings. Um, like health safety systems, you don't want some of that in in, in public session or made public because you don't want folks that might choose do harm. You don't want to give them the roadmap by which they can do the harm. So so those sorts of things, and certain utilities and things like that, some of those things are associated to uh, crisis awareness, emergency response plans and things like that uh, are are allowed to be discussed in executive session. Something that that I see that boards can have problems with sometimes and that is the unofficial meeting through emails. We've already talked about emails. Talk about the fact that you know any email that you send is going through an e-discovery server at the state level and Everything's going to be saved. Everything's going to be saved. But when you are, say, for example, that Dr. Hattier, I'm going to uh send an email to all the board members and says, look, this is what we're going to discuss tonight. I think it's an issue. This is what I feel. Tell me if you agree or disagree, that is an unofficial and unnoticed. Electronic meeting of the board, and that's what the opinion has been by the the the, the attorney general, that that is an unofficial, unnoticed electronic meeting of the board, and so be very careful. You can email each other. Dr. Haddix can email every one of you and say, "Hey, I just had another grandson. Here's a picture of that. That's fine." But the minute we start trying to gain some nature of collaboration or consensus building through the email process that becomes an unnoticed
4: electronic meaning. Two point points on that. Yep. It's coming from, you know, Jay sends out the, I don't know, Thursday, night, Thursday, every Thursday, he has Jen send out a blast to you guys. Here's what you need. Mm-hmm. Alright. Goes down the hall. Uh, respond back to me with any questions. Respond back to me with any feedback. Respond back to me with anything that happened. completely please In order to Dr. Hacker's example, you know, I just want to let all of you know, I'm Dr. and okay? I want to let all of you know that my position on agenda Item 7 is this. Can you do that? It's a public business, but he's not trying to build consent. So, people are sitting around and saying, My position is I'm, I'm an adamant no, just so you know, on on only giving Dr. Owens a 20% raise this year. I think he needs a 30% raise this year. Can he say that? Yeah. Right. So, so I, I don't want you guys to think you're muffled, or muffled with regard to what you can say on I mean, it's mean, when you start trying to jail your mind. Can I uh, go back to executive session please, for so. One thing that we see a lot of mistakes on is um, visitors, observers, whatever, in executive session. A lot of districts have one of two models that are problematic. They have they go into executive session, they go into their own room. And they have you know, a senior from the senior class that, that is part of student government and when you teach the board to bring them in.
5: With,
4: uh, or let's say they're going to talk about legal issues, they're going to talk about student discipline, they're going to talk about um, uh, employment issues, and, and a couple of other appropriate executive session topics. So they bring in the HR director, they bring in the principal who's going to talk about is this discipline case. We're going to talk about family, discipline, engagement, we're going to managers and talk about the money side of things and everybody in the place. one day at a Definitely. The right way to do it is the special ed director comes in and talks about the special ed cases and the, that come in. the principal comes in and talks about my principal discipline case. The HR director comes in and talks Otherwise, <inaudible> The other thing I'd like
1: to mention about executive session is there's no voting in executive session. All action of the public body must be done in public session. All action, including leaving the executive session. Yes, you can't even vote to the leave the executive session. You just come back from your here and say, okay, now we're going to vote to leave the executive session. We just left. Yeah, move along. So, uh, how do you do that? That happens. We are now going to vote. Personnel Memo 5. All favor, ayes, done. That the the action was taken in public session without revealing the personal details or the private details of the issue that was discussed in executive session. No voting can take place in executive session. Everything must be done in public session.
4: FOIA does not require any uh, participation in public at all. So if you want to be very unpopular and never get voted into office again, you can follow my advice and get six of you to make public comment. From it. So that's good legal advice, bad practical advice in office. Right? If some of you don't want to serve as board members anymore, well, that's a good roadmap to reality TV on um, so remember the court of publications. Right. So, I mean, I know why you have public participation, right? There is no legal obligation to really. it. I've gotten calls from 17 school districts in the last, It mid-August, on what can I do, limit public participation. And, and obviously, you know, you can cut down a minute. If anything less than then, you know, cut down to the many minutes you want. It's got to be content neutral. So if I want to come in, and I want to talk about, you know, meeting River High school awesome, great, great football team, great, great sports, great athletics, great academics, you know, a lot what you did for my daughter, She's, you know, come out of here. One yeah. minute. Yeah. <laughs> I want to come in and I want to talk about all the things, right? You've got to keep me on the clock, yeah. and tell me my minute is up. Just as you shut this person off and rant, Uh, uh, and we can't shut people down and shut people off. Um, and we don't like what they're saying. It's got to be open now to sort of talk, which is. Uh, you know.
1: and, and and the law does allow for someone to be removed from a board meeting if they are disrupting. Um, <coughs> you know, the <coughs> it's significant. Disrupting the meeting, you know. And, and when we first started with the Zoom meetings during the pandemic, there were some hijackers or some some hackers that were hijacking the Zoom meetings, you know, posting some inappropriate content instead of the board docs stuff. And that was absolutely 100% appropriate for your tech department to cut that beat. If somebody starts. Being inappropriate in, 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 in a virtual meeting, it is absolutely appropriate to cut their feet, just as it's appropriate to <coughs> usher them out of the building if they are being disrupted. But be cautious, because I'm going to put on my other hat now, whenever I talk about hats. I'm going to put on my school board governance hat. You want to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. You want to hear what your community and is saying. You want to know what your community is doing, even if it's something that you don't, that, that's hard to hear. Even if it's something that's gonna cause you to bristle when you hear it, you want to hear it. You need to hear it, because that's why you're here, to represent and to run the district through Dr. Owens on behalf of the community.
4: One last thing I have to, and I don't know if John anything else? How's the idea of uh we use that control for this is here to make your body. This is you know, as a board member, what do you need to know about it? you got the topic, right? This is uh it's it's sleety now. It's uh it's it's a nasty night where the cowboys are on TV and they might get feet, right? We want to watch it, they might get feet. We want to watch it, that's all we're talking about. Anchor location, there's no state of emergency. But when you're working in full officer, all you need to know is for a As long as, as there's an anchor location with at least one of you here, and Dr. Owens has got it set up and run with the, the virtual setup, you guys can be more cozy. At the discretion of and the presiding, presiding
1: officer. Presiding officer, thank you. At the discretion of the presiding officer, the presiding officer says, no, we're for all, for all in person. They're all in person, unless there's a disability. Yeah, unless there's a disability,
0: that absolutely. That. So that's because the law is written that way, not because it takes six people to make a change.
4: Six of you could make a change if you wanted. to. Six of you could make
0: a change so it's like that. Required. No, no. So what I'm saying, just the way it is set now, you say it's a presiding officer. So if the presiding officer said, "Yes, you're going to be here." we're not going to do it the other way, then, or, so we still have to, so, and, and I guess I go back to you saying before we're, we're a group of people that makes up one board, six right. people make a decision,
4: does uh, six people
0: override that? No, I see your
4: point, I'm sorry. So, the way the statute is written, it, it's basically a delegation of the but The statute is written so that the six of you can adopt so, sorry, so six or more of you can adopt the policy. Once that policy is adopted, the presiding officer, and then and only then, the presiding officer can push the button. The presiding officer can't
3: push the button, trigger the virtual meeting, unless
4: you all vote like by six or more to, to delegate that vote.
5: Okay, so, so who's the presiding so it's the officer?
4: The of what we Okay, yeah, so we ask Got it. And maybe the presiding officer doesn't just apply. Right. This is
1: for town councils, uh, city councils, county councils. You know, this is not just the school board. And maybe I'm hearing your question differently. But what I'm hearing is, can this the forum vote? That the board has created a policy and the presiding office has pushed the button and said, Yes, we're we'll going to have a virtual option. There is an anchor location with one person here, the rest of you are opposing, watching half watching the Fenelts we'll and lose, half participating in the board meeting. You can still take action and vote virtually, and that's the change that 98 did. There, prior to 98, there was no provision for um, for proxy voting or for voting virtually. You could eavesdrop, if you were out of town, let, let's say Dr. Stafford was out of town, and she wanted to hear the board meeting prior to 98, uh, how could I be? She could, come into the meeting if it was being projected, if it was being, and, and she could listen, but she did not vote. And neither could the public off the public comment. This is a very important aspect. Since Bill 98 has passed, if you have a virtual option for board members, you must allow virtual Participation by the, by the public. That means they're allowed to get public comment. If there's public comment allowed, in accordance with your public yeah. comment, policy. how's that? that
4: that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. And, and this just makes it fair because before 798, you've got the counter attack, how attack, and sus attack always produced. And the 16th additional districts are credited because they're elected.
2: So just uh, in addition, we've got, I believe it's up for a second reading this round. Uh, we infused the, the regulation with an existing board policy on how we operate. So um, we've got that in and uh, it's running through policy now. So we've operated that way based on when we needed to, but we had come out by the time the Senate bill passed, we'd already, we were through with the remote option, but we followed that um, uh, during the pandemic.
5: Uh, here, here's
4: why yeah, I don't go there. Here's why I recommend it, right? It's December twenty-something and non-renewal time. And we get a letter. It's May eighth through eleven and it's May fifteenth non-renewal time and we get a letter of that. It's you know we gotta get something out for a referendum approved by the primary Election so, actually, I've heard the, you know, 48 minutes and we get 11, we'll, you know, a program, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of all tool. Kind of tool for you.
1: There are some districts that are going to love it. I can tell you the northern districts are all over it. They want to continue doing virtual meetings, um, with action being taken by board members, um, mm-hmm. and input from the public. There are other districts. Uh, the further south I believe you go, the, the less uh, support there may be for some of the virtual meetings. Um, that's just what I've noticed. So
4: we are going to go to the public integrity commission just briefly next. Um, There's two offices in Delaware: eight school districts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> auditor's office and the public integrity. And I can't <laughs> tell you why. I can't tell you why. meter can uh he can't tell you why either. Um, the public integrity statute is very <laughs> right, very, very simple but very case specific. Um you know the, the biggest issue is be careful with conflicts of interest, right? If you have a conflicts of interest, you've got a great before you do it, think about it and then go onto the Public Integrity Commission website and send an email. It's anonymous, it's free, and it's binding on it them. How often is that? It's anonymous, it's free, <laughs> and it's binding on them. May I get that? doctor? Dr. Hattie is thinking about giving something, whatever it is. He's not sure it if might it might be a conflict of interest with is, roles and responsibilities as a board member of the leader of the board, so he sends an email to public. Here's our about the Here's all the facts on the board. I don't think this is a conflict interest for the students who the one of a couple of days later, okay. And then if anybody accuses him of a conflict of interest, guess <coughs> what he's going to say? I've got permission from the king. He's got nothing to worry about. Queen Good point. He's got nothing to worry about. It's not subject to challenge every <coughs> day. And that's the only place you really have to worry about an ethics violation as an officer of, of a school student
5: who's in or, or as a state attorney.
3: Now that you mention that, I've tried to do things through the, the State Park Program with some of my World War II stuff over the years, submitted things to them for approval, and two and a half months later didn't get an answer, and we don't bother with them anymore because of that. They, there's, there's no timely basis whatsoever, okay? Does PIC have a responsibility and a guaranteed turnaround time? I know
4: very complicated last year, very
3: complicated. But it's not a matter of code. yeah Ooh, thank you oh it's been years okay. Make, make okay my philosophy has been you you do that to me one time we're done yeah, I think okay all right thank you so, so pick
6: pick emails are not on the state server well, yes, they are. so they're not subject for you they are. so how's it secret
4: There's a common law FOIA, the common law privacy They're telling you it's anonymous and and, and secret or confidential. there is a carve out in the FOIA request section for things that are subject to common law privacy. And if we've got a public That definitely creates an expectation of privacy. Mm-hmm. So, you're going to give them your name and tell them the situation that is very personal mm-hmm. to you that you're seeking
1: uh, clarification, uh, advice, whatever the case may be. It is it is very personal, it is, but it is confidential. Um, anonymous provider. Yeah, not uh, right. well, yeah. anonymous provider. Does mm-hmm. that help?
6: Question. until it involves politics again.
4: Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. They also make some bizarre decisions. And, and, and we like to call it Smyrna. Okay, there was a time when all five Smyrna board members had a family member who was, who was in one of the, one of the unions. Somebody said, you can't vote to ratify the collective bargaining agreement because your family members are in the collective bargaining agreement and trying kind to of ratify it. we said, okay, that's, first of all, that doesn't make sense. And second of all, it, it's in conflict in the law. Right. The statute specifically says you can vote but as long as it doesn't affect anybody disproportionately to score. or affects the whole class. And still, they come out with some opinions that say, "Oh, there's uh, a proprietary specter of enterprise." They come up with some bizarre things sometimes, um, only when in law schools, and I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but, but they get only in the
1: schools, and they order the- There, there's a couple districts that you can't get more. Of. If you have to, if everybody has a family member working in one of the collective bargaining unit or one of the employee classes recuses themselves, you wouldn't have a quorum. Third person quorum. The district wouldn't have a quorum. So it that's the reason why the statute was written as it was. It's and the way I describe it is look. If if my wife, if I'm a board member for Indian River, and my wife is a principal or a director of something for the Indian River District, I need to wash my hands of anything having to do with her evaluations, her salary, her, her anything. Now, if she's a teacher in, in, in a large class of, of, of teachers, and me saying yes or no to the raise or the pay scale for those teachers for the union contract, for those teachers, won't affect her more than the rest of the class, then there's the way the statute is currently written. I should be voting on
4: Now you gotta watch out right here. I always to Um Whenever you're voting on a contract that involves business that you're associated with, or your own personal business, we had a horrible situation, honestly, I think also. A very, very, very good morning. scenario is this. And I'm going to be deliberately there. He was involved in a business that he owned the School district for which he was a board member he was building a facility for a CTD program in, in some training. He donated all of the materials to the tomb of like 18000 dollars And had his guys come in and do all the labor. 18000 dollars Now remember, he would have marked that out for probably $25,30, whatever he is consultant so for on the fair market value. He would have choose the labor, he would choose the markup and on the whole line. He lost money on this Okay? But still, a purchase order for 18,0. From school district to company, and it wasn't bid and it wasn't slow. And it it's more than $5,000 between school board member and school board member's company and school board information So there's two rules there. First of all, no good deed of unplash. Second of all, violation of fixed. Very important. Very important. This happened about 10 years before you we were from what happened. Somebody didn't like him and learned about it about 10 years later and said, I'm going to go public with this So, that's unfortunate. But remember, nobody goes need and just keep your hands on You never want to do something like that because these things come a life. Now, you can't hold a job, you can't get any remuneration, you can't get any money, you can't get any benefits from Vendors, some company, right? E-School, right? Huge vendor of the school. Huge vendor. Tremendous vendor. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Send you all out the way. You have
5: to throw it out. Eat the chocolate.
4: Eat the chocolate. Life is short, eat the bacon. Can you accept that? Um, some districts give away free uh and you retire off the school board um, and you get a free lifetime, you know, admissions to all the all of the things. Is that okay? Right? So. Okay. I don't know. Now, change the topics. All
5: right,
4: tonight you're, you're you're voting whether you're gonna accept um vendor A or vendor B for a landscape, or a health and wellness um, you we're gonna have we're gonna have somebody come in and get help the mom's, you know, you're gonna have a and you're gonna have from, you know, from or whatever. You know, and, uh, and, and last night the sales guy wanted to take you out the dinner, it's a real nice dinner. Is that clear? It doesn't pass this month. obviously it's just a clear week. Whether it's for McDonald's or how oh, is that 1776 eight outs or somewhere else? obviously, that wouldn't pass. So common sense applies when you have, yeah, you have any doubts about something like that, guess well, That's not discussing common business. <laughs> I'd say, look, you know, I've got a vendor that wants to take me out to
5: dinner, appropriate. I'm
4: thinking about taking this job at a nonprofit. I think that's a Can you call the administration about
5: that? Can you call me your partner?
4: That is just being conversation.
1: Ethics cannot be established in uh, policy or in statute. You cannot legislate ethics. And remember at the beginning of this, I said what my background was prior to uh, becoming involved in school districts. <clears throat> I would ask, if somebody called me and said sure. hey, um, I've got a vendor that wants to take my husband and me, my wife and me, whatever, to get other in the out of Denver, the question then becomes would that vendor have been interested in having a nice evening out dinner with you if there was not a pending contract with the school district? The answer is no, there is no other answer?
0: thank you for being offered, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so, we have a question, um, and I think we all got it, from R.Y. Johnson last week on the email. I think it was an email that came out that they're doing their Christmas, whatever it was, and all board members <laughs> are invited to that. That's
1: very different.
0: I'm uh, just asking is it.
1: Sure, sure, sure. So. They already have a contract with the district. They're already working for the district, right? I get an invitation to that based on my, my, my background in school construction. So that, I would argue that that is not a, a conflict of interest to go to a construction company who you already have a contract with Who's having a a Christmas party for themselves, their staff, and all of the companies that they deal with, all their vendors, all their architects and engineers, as well as you'll if you go, you'll see other board members there from other districts because they have other work, other work with other districts as
4: well. I I think that would
5: be a wash your hands, don't drink anymore. <laughs>
6: Can a uh, school board member through their business donate or sponsor monetarily something going on in the district? It depends, right? So um, you want to sponsor a,
4: uh, I don't know, you want to put up a billboard, right? You want to sponsor out at the baseball field a banner, you want to put up a sign for your local business. Let's call it insurance. Well, right? we would pay for that. Right. right? You want they to put it fair market else. value. Um, we'll talk to Tammy. Make sure that it, you know it goes through all the processes are the same as we would do if one of your competitors. No problem at all. Mm-hmm. Now you don't own that sort of business. You own something that is. Um, it doesn't pass the obscenity test, right? Um, you know. Fritz's uh, bar and, uh, and other offensive nightlife. That's my goal one day. Uh, okay, well, hey, more respect. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, that you know, wouldn't be appropriate whether you're a board member or not. Yeah. But yeah, fair market value would be the test, right? It's a donation. Um, you know, same six by ten banner that anybody else would get for $2,000.
6: So, so, just as an example, football team has dinners sometimes made donated. Yeah. School board member decides to pay for it that night. Oh sure. Okay. Absolutely
4: no yeah. problem. Okay. Recognition the whole nine yards you know sponsored by Fritz's whatever your company is. Sure thank absolutely. You. School Big thank you.
6: School has a, a kickoff breakfast to start the school year. School board member pays for that.
4: Yeah. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, School board members go to the breakfast. I had that happen. little recognition along the way too. Yeah I
6: had that happen was told I couldn't do it but that's okay.
4: Right. Now the only issue is, you know, let's let's say you want to do it and then you know, next time a church wants to do it and we yeah. say no. Yeah. That's the right. problem. Right. Right? now we've got a first amendment issue. Yeah. Or or you want to do it and then next time it's um, the you know, KKK, wants to come in, you know. or somebody we know is a pedophile wants to do it and we you know, we would obviously say no then. Yeah. Right? That's not a first amendment issue, but the KKK wants to do it and we say no, but we let Fritz do it. That's the only issue. So there's always, there's always
1: subtle
6: things. And that might be the reason why
1: you were told no well, for that no, bigger view of...
6: No, it was a hist- history of local businesses were asked to pay and sponsor kickoff breakfast. I just happened to be on the line of one year being asked is our business, would we sponsor? And I did. And then after the fact, was told that was wrong. All right. Jay, so. I don't want no, I'd say it's no big deal. If I'm wondering on the bridge now, but just telling know going forward.
4: Yeah, I mean, we don't make you volunteer and make you suffer, too.
6: <laughs> sometimes. Well, maybe. Sometimes.
1: <laughs> Thoughts, questions? We've got about, what, 825 or so? Yeah, exactly. We're pretty close to the end of our time. Any other questions that you might have for us? This was was good. Oh, thank you. Very informative. Thank you. you.
3: Okay, one thing.
4: Smart man. (laughs) That's
1: it.
3: One thing you threw out earlier: sending out emails. What constitutes regular business? in emails.
4: Alright, so regular business is no different than any other business, When that is what you're talking about, right? If you're talking about a matter of public concern, you've got to be careful. So, you want to talk about changing the uniforms, changing the calendar, changing the curriculum, any of that stuff, that's public business. You all want to chime in, and this is what usually email business is about. Hey, we need to get a quorum together next Thursday, is anybody available? Go for it. Hey, I'm out of town. Can we still get a quorum together for next Tuesday? Fine. That kind of stuff, have at it.
1: I'm going to play lawyer. $29 code, chapter 100, section 1002. Either I or J. I think it's I. Could be either. Public business means any matter over which the public body has supervision, control, jurisdiction, or advisory power. And that's in one of the documents, one of the PowerPoints that, that I provided to you. It, it, it does define what public business is.
4: Robert's Rules, real quick. Oh, yeah. All right, so I talked about how Hick has been weaponized. I love to weaponize Robert's Rules. Here's why. Let me give you a little history on Robert's Rules. Everybody knows what Robert's Rules is. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what Robert's Henry Roberts, I'm a rule geek, okay? He died in 1923, a former army guy. Died in 1923, which means means his family's copyright on his text expired in 1963. If you go on Amazon, there's about 10 different versions of Roberts' rules out there. And guess what? They're all the official versions. They're all different. They're all different. Why are they all different? Because everybody's put their own spin
1: on them. No, no, no.
5: Why? Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> and why are they all putting their own spin on them?
1: To accommodate the needs of their their uh, intended audience. No, keep going.
4: I'm not good at guessing. <laughs> because they're all trying, there's no copyright on Robert's Rules anymore from the Robert's family, but every time Britannica and Webster's and everybody else puts one out, there's a copyright on that edition. So now they're trying not to infringe the copyright of the existing versions that are out there there's a Roberts there's a Roberts official there's a Webster's there's a Britannica there's a Britannica new there's a eighth edition there's a 10th edition blah 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 so they're all different so if you want an answer under Roberts rules that's going to go your way pick up a different copy <laughs> Pick up what? Pick up a different copy. Pick up a different copy.
3: Got it.
1: And I can tell you there that Robert's rules, whatever version you're looking at, there are things in Robert's rules that the state statute has defined differently. Like, for example, Robert's rules, and I got crossed up with this, Robert's with this with this board, as a matter of fact. Robert's rules says that. The vote of the board is based on who is present. You've got a quorum present. You need a majority of what's present. That's what Robert's Rules says. Delaware law doesn't say that, and I learned an embarrassing lesson because I checked Robert's Rules and I didn't check the law. Uh, as a matter of fact, with your your predecessor, Jay, in that and he was very gracious. He said, oh, that's not what the law says, bud. <laughs> but the the Delaware law, Votes have to pass by a majority of the entire board, not just those that are present. And I have to throw this out there also. When parliamentarians are hung up on the individuals nitpicking, Aspects of what Robert's Rules says and which version of Robert's Rules says They always go back to Mason's Rules, which is where Robert's Rules came from. So if you really want to know, if you go back to Mason's Rules, if if you're into parliamentarian type stuff, that that will help. Other questions? I don't want to take my leave <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> So you know, we're well, still uh, just
0: six just so that we' are we're because we have new members on the board and some of us was under the helm of different leadership several years ago six people make the difference in the making the decision on they' not a president and/ or a vice president or two or whatever. okay
1: if you are and back me up on this one, Jim. if this board meets and has action that it must take, And there are only six board members in the room to vote you have to have all six voting in the same direction to pass it unless it's a virtual meeting that has been noticed as virtual that is following all the requirements and 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 statutes surrounding virtual meetings then you can have somebody vote virtually but if you've got only, if you've got seven members of the board present, you've got a quorum, then you can have one dissenting vote. Because the quorum of the board, the majority of the board is the entire board, not the members that are present. Did I say that well? Or did I screw that one
4: up? I, I think you're right. So there's something in subchapter 2 of chapter 10 about redistricting that requires unanimity. Unless, that is great advice, unless you want to redistrict or merge districts with Milford to the north, Cape to the east, or to the west. I think there's um, something there that says unanimity, isn't there? The Indian River, because it's yeah. the northernmost and the Southern District. It, um, Yes, okay. there, is, there is. something I think with regard to merging board Yes. Other than that, so for your, unless something nuclear like that example with regard to um, joining other districts happens. You're absolutely correct. Now, watch out for one other thing. That, what you said is completely correct, but just, to, just so everybody is, is, is sure of something. You've got six people present. You need six affirmative yeses. A no is obviously a no. A recusal is a no. Or abstention. An abstention is a no. Now, what's the difference between abstention and a recusal? Or an um me crazy. I'm right? I'm not going to vote yes. But no, I'm going to say I'm present. It's a no. Okay, that is a no vote. Anything but a yes is a no vote in school. Now, the difference between an abstention and a recusal is very, very, very important. I abstain means I'm just not voting. I recuse myself means I didn't participate in any of the discussion, and I'm not voting. In other words, or I have a conflict. In other words, we're talking about my kid, we're talking about my wife, we're talking about my property, we're talking about something involving a conflict of interest that I have. So I abstain when I don't know enough, I'm not really sure, I know it's going to pass or I know it's going to fail, and I'm making a political decision that I don't want to get involved. I recuse myself basically because we're talking about something that I can have nothing to do with and I didn't talk about you can't vote on it because you have a conflict of interest you can't talk about it That's
1: my business provided the work for this one particular room that was talked about earlier and so i am going to recuse myself from the vote to approve that contract for that business so i also did to talk about it okay.
5: so
0: that means if you so likely i came in a meeting late I'll just use this as an example, I came into a, a meeting, they had um, interviews, uh, there's however many people, four people that we interviewed, I wasn't able to make it to the first one. Should I set in on the second, third, and fourth? And if I do, how do you come back with that first one that I didn't get to hear about?
4: Nothing says you have to recuse yourself in that situation, right? It, you know, It's going to be questionable whether you're fully informed in that interview or, you know, because you didn't have any of the facts regarding the first. You might want to just recuse yourself in the whole process. So that's going to play out also.
1: So if there's like a team that is doing the interviews and there's four people and you missed the first interview and you were there for the, the, the final three or the next three, and the next three were the real strong candidates. And let's face it, as you interview, you start to see who the strong candidate is, who, you know, who the weaker ones are. If you miss the weaker candidate, and it's very clear among the group as the group is deciding on, on the, the best way to move forward with the decision, then it, it's going to play out to where you. you're not going to have a problem. Having only seen the three interviews, they were participating in three. But if the one that you missed is stronger than and beating the the other three that you did see, there that might be an issue that that you, you might have a, a concern with. Does that make sense? Did I explain that well?
0: Kind of. I mean, I understand it, yes. But mm-hmm. very seldom do you always, But sometimes we get lucky and everybody will be on the same page with the same one that we interviewed for. But then sometimes it's not. So if it's me coming in on the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th yeah. and the rest of them had been there and it's kind of split between, you know, 2, 3, and That's 4, definitely. I just didn't know if it was better just to, you know. All right, here's a thing for y'all.
4: Yeah. Dr. Hattier misses last month's board Can he, at this month's board meeting, Vote to approve
0: them. He should be able to because he's he's, he's on there on the website.
4: You read him <laughs> absolutely you could have listened to the tape. Right? And here's a here's a you the Could have listened to the tape. Well let's say the tape is lost. Can you can you still vote to approve the Absolutely. Because change the facts it's now a mayor June yeah. yeah. And with Board turnover and a couple people miss. You could theoretically, with, with elections and turnover, you could theoretically have board meeting minutes never be approved. People being absent. So there's nothing in the law that says just because you missed a board meeting, you can't approve minutes. It's weird. But a lot of
1: people think that. A lot of people have that misunderstanding that since they weren't at that board meeting, they can't vote on the minutes. But
6: my only last last question I think is important <clears throat> motions so tell me if I'm correct then or wrong every motion that is brought up and voted on does not need to be specifically written on the agenda leading up to the meeting motions can come as be an organic discussion from an item that's on the agenda.
4: All right. So, if you have, are you a D and A DNA district, or you decision action, or you?
2: Just yes. Yes. Okay. D and or DNA. P okay. for presentation.
4: So, if there's at least, and I know this is the source of get for all of us in the room, if there's at least D on the issue, and I'm a member of the public sitting back here. And it was something of interest to me, I would have come whether you're going to vote on it or not, right? You would, one one might think. So that should be adequate notice because if we're going to discuss it, you might want to be there when you vote upon it. Um, but let's just say it's not on the agenda at all. It's not on for D. It's not on for A. But a member of the public comes up and says, hey, did you know that XYZ building, I just saw on, on WBOC that, w, that uh, XYZ building is on fire. Wait a second, we need to address this right now. You know, I authorized the emergency spending of, of XYZ dollars to do this. Can we talk about it and can we act upon it? It just arose at the meeting, absolutely, that can't be deferred. So yes, Mr. Fritz, absolutely, if it can't be deferred, it just arose at the meeting, like you know a mass mandate that goes into effect in a couple of days mm-hmm. yeah
6: however if it was
2: discussed before and talked about before the public board meeting but not on the agenda we should not be voting on that
4: it depends upon how strong the case is for whether we could defer it and, and- whether it's the roads at the let me let me give you an example, a personal example, because
1: I've spent many years in districts, in district operations. We had a board member who attended a ball game, uh baseball game, and we had portable bleachers that we would move to where we needed them, which field we needed them. Well, there had been some weather. And the field that we were planning on using was not playable and we found that another field the practice field was in much better condition and much safer for the kids to play on so there was a decision made shortly before like 20 minutes before the game itself to move the game to this other field we didn't have time the 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 operations team didn't have time to move the bleachers board member was very upset that he had to stand and watch a, a, a ball game and was very upset and said, I make a motion right here and now that we buy two more sets of, of movable bleachers. That motion was out of order. And the president did not out of order. The president let it go. Nobody seconded it, which was a good thing. Because it truly was out of order, because it wasn't on the agenda, it was just a rant that became a motion um, by one of the board members. Because it could be deferred, what should have happened was, I direct the superintendent to explore why this happened, and if we need to buy more portable bleachers to make it happen, to, to do that, and I want to report to the next board meeting. That would have been the appropriate way to handle that but that's a personal experience that I had of a, a motion that was not on the agenda, was out of order because it could be deferred.
4: So Depends on whether
6: that
1: district was one of
4: my clients or not. So
6: same question, different scenario. The topic is school choice. That's on the agenda. School choice opens up a wide variety of discussion. Wide variety of issues related to school choice. Yep. Motion is brought up in that discussion regarding school choice and board behavior action going forward. District stance on that issue it's voted on and passed.
4: On a specific student or
6: whether it's just school school choice in general, that how it's going to be worked, how it's going to be uh, allowed. Well, we've had votes before that have come up uh, not allowing any school choice, a moratorium on school choice came up in discussion. Shouldn't have, right? Shouldn't have been a motion.
1: If it's on the agenda, if school the choices. Is on the agenda as a discussion item, so that's my point. And it organically you. Becomes
6: that's my point you got organic discussions you can no way foresee every motion that's ever going to be made I, I
4: would, I would agree with that. we just got to be a little bit careful because um, we've got uh, issues of FOIA and then we've got issues of what's uh, permissible and non-permissible actions under title 14 chapter 4 with regard to choice so let's just, let's just be careful um, that we're not I know what you're trying to say but let's just make sure that we're not being misconstrued
5: and, um on an item that's on a board agenda item can you have it as both a discussion and a action item that on an agenda item can oh. you have it as a d and an a can Jennifer, you put absolutely,
4: d absolutely. You if work. you
5: feel it's a discussion item that may turn into an action item are you covered then yeah. if it oh yeah so just,
4: just a couple you know liberties that you guys have so you can put d just and a potential a. yeah or PA. Just, so if you put something you know for doesn't you know at all limit you from taking things off of that agenda all right so people might get upset you know we really wanted to talk about whatever it is you know giving everybody free Under Armour right and everybody was so excited they came and you took it off the agenda okay they're gonna be unhappy about that right but nothing dinner to
1: come here for that right
4: so FOIA so <laughs> doesn't say you can't take anything off the a notice statute you can take stuff off the agenda put a 20 page agenda up and take it off all day long you could say you're going to take action on something and not no problem the other thing is you're a multi-read district okay? you have a policy that says we're going to go first read, second read, third read, nothing in code that. Okay. it can be cumbersome if you have something that you want to get through quickly it's important consensus and you know the community is behind it and you're saying to yourselves, man, I wish we didn't have this multi-read policy, you can't just skip it. But what you can do is take an affirmative vote to waive it in this instance. You can say, all right, we're going to waive policy number one, two, three, four, or whatever our multi-read policy is, and then just go right to a vote on it. Can't just skip
1: it. I've seen it said also that, that we're going to take a vote to agree that this is considered reading one and two. <laughs> I've seen it that way as well. Okay. And as long as there's an affirmative vote of a majority of, of, of the board, then
5: you
4: can take action mm-hmm. right, right I mean, politics is which is the issue, right, which is, you know, you don't want to upset the community. And I came out for this meeting just thinking you were going to talk about this, and you didn't right you have to amend the agenda and take something off so that's not legal but she put the issue for you to be aware of if you have something that you might want to talk about and you want to comply with the you can always put it on it's taking it's putting it on after the meeting that's got to pass this and have you know, it's not putting it on in advance the and, and you know what's hot in your community you you know
1: what an issue is uh, most of the time okay you know 98 of the time you know i mean there's always that two percent of time or something's gonna you know come up and bite you and you didn't realize it was a real issue. But you you know you all know what's going on out there and what needs to be discussed and, and and what doesn't need to be discussed. So yeah, I mean if there's something on the agenda to discuss and you take it off, you know it's gonna cause an issue. You know that people are gonna murmur oh, blah, blah, blah. you know you know that's gonna happen. Or you have a sense of it. Anything else? <laughs> well, it is 15 minutes beyond our time. I certainly appreciate, appreciate the time that you gave us. Um uh, I know Jim does too. absolutely Thank you. we might go on the road more often. You know. <laughs> thank you. Thank
2: you both for being here and, and clearing your schedules to, to accommodate us. I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you.
6: Very beneficial. And Very
1: nice. good. Thank you. Board
0: association, appreciate it. And you have seven. Is there are anything else to come before the board with regards to questions? Then I would entertain a motion to adjourn.
6: Second. Second.
0: Second. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you.